I have a deep existential question for you. I love it when you start off podcasts with that. <laughs> this is usually the other way around. Anyway, this one comes from newsable listener Ella. Kia ora, Ella. Ella asks after our uh, Easter egg eating session, what is inside a cream egg? Because it, it's not cream and it's not egg, is it? She stumped me. You've stumped me, Ella. It's gloop. It's gloop, isn't it? Well, she's not stumped me. Because I am an investigative journalist. You are, true. Um, <clears throat> from my Google searching that I did one minute ago, it's fondant. It's just sugar. Anyway, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Emil. And I'm Imogen. And this is what's worth talking about. Those little fees that get added on when you buy tickets to, well, anything these days. What are they, we're asking. And we're also asking, why are they so much? A music industry legend has started fighting back on our behalf. Also, why big US banks collapsing could actually be good news for mortgage holders here in Aotearoa. Another day, another apocalyptic report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. What a sentence that was. But given the events of last month here in New Zealand, maybe we should be paying closer attention to this one. And is the great British pastime of a cup of tea and a biscuit in danger of falling out of fashion? We only ask the big questions here on Newsable. We've got all of that coming up in a moment. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Imogen, are you familiar with the iconic British rock band The Cure? I am indeed. All right, so you don't need reminding them that the lead singer of The Cure is uh, this guy, Robert Smith. Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, By the sounds of it, no. Clearly an inspiration to Hugh Grant, but why are you talking about The Cure if they agreed to play The King's Coronation? Uh, (laughs) No, they're not that desperate, not yet. (laughs) They are touring the US at the moment, and they deliberately tried in this tour to keep ticket prices as low as they possibly could. The cheapest tickets were going for like 20 bucks. But fans have been sharing screenshots showing these enormous add-on fees. You've seen these, right? Mm, Once they added the service fee and a facility charge and a processing fee, the $20 ticket ended up being like $46.50. Yeah. It's just outrageous. Anyway, um, Robert Smith, uh, not all heroes wear capes. He kicks up a fuss and Ticketmaster, who was selling the tickets, ends up backing down and they offer a small refund to people who bought these tickets. But this got us wondering, what are service fees and transaction fees and stuff like that? And is there anything regulating them here in New Zealand? Well, here to answer those very questions is John Duffy, the head of Consumer New Zealand. So what is a service fee, and are there any rules around how much they can charge? Not really, unfortunately. And it's something that we've been campaigning for for a while here at um, Consumer NZ. Back in 2017, we did some surveying to ask people how annoyed they get with um, with undisclosed fees being added on at the end of their transaction, which is kind of what you're describing here. And uh, pretty annoyed was the answer. In Australia, they have rules um, around what's called all-inclusive pricing, which means if you represent that something is 100 bucks, it needs to cost $100. Um, here, unfortunately, uh, notwithstanding our campaign, we haven't quite got those rules across the line yet. What what are the, what are you paying for? What are you paying your $15 service fee? What does that go towards? Yeah, that's a great question. Probably um, the CEO's champagne fridge. I don't know. It's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's some of these fees you really question 
the value that the con- that consumers are getting back. It's John. It's total bullshit. Let's call it for what, like, because you can't you can't buy these tickets unless you pay the transaction fee, right? And, and as you say, there are no rules regarding you know a cap on the limit here. You, you know, you could sell a ticket for five bucks and say there's a hundred dollar service fee. You know, too too bad. It's, it seems outrageous to me. We see it time and again. You know, buying flowers online is a great example. You know, booking fees for you know, um, holiday accommodation, that sort of stuff, event tickets, airline tickets, all of these things, you get sneaky fees added on at the end, by which time, as a consumer, you know, you've invested a whole lot of time and effort, I don't know, choosing your flight or picking your Airbnb or whatever it is. And okay, there's just a little bit more added on. And although it's grating, most people will just go ahead and, mm. and, and pay that amount and um, be a bit disgruntled about it. Is there anything anyone can actually do here? Or yeah, is it just well? We could change the law. Absolutely, uh, the the Australians have done it. If the Australians can do it, we can certainly do it. John Duffy from Consumer, thanks very much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Hey, you know what might help fight climate change? What's that? Another report into just how badly the planet is doomed. Ah, well, that's serendipitous, Imogen, because that is exactly what we have today, isn't it? In the form of the fourth. Report from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, which sounds like an organisation out of Star Wars. (laughs) So this fourth and final report puts eight years' worth of research and key findings from previous reports by world-leading climate scientists into one final document. Or, as Stuff's climate change editor recently put it, it's the one ring to rule them all. Speaking of which, uh, that very climate editor is uh, Aloise Gibson, and she's in the studio to have a chat about it. Hello. Kia ora kōrua. Why is it a big deal? It's kind of the too long didn't read version for governments of eight years worth of work, right? And the reason that it matters, despite not being new research, any of it, is that governments have to sign off on it. When you're reading this summary, do the... Did the flooding in the North Island come across your mind at all? It it absolutely did. Um, Not so much because it was a wake-up call for me, but because I'm seeing it through the eyes of some of our readers. And I think for a lot of people in the community, this was probably the first time that climate change felt like something that could hurt them. And although we don't have a precise figure on how much Cyclone Gabriel was turbocharged by climate change. We know that it was made worse. Um, And certainly the Auckland, you know, I'm an Aucklander, and the Auckland floods before that were um, like measurably made made much worse because Mm. the air is hotter and it can hold more rain and it can then dump more rain in in one spot. So, um, yeah, I guess to me this feels like two of the biggest events that we've had in New Zealand that have made people feel like this is close to home. Eloise Gibson, thanks very much for your time today. I really appreciate it. See you later. I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, I, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think Chris, that it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, 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 I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing iffy in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts. 
Well, if it wasn't a bad enough start of the week for world leaders, Trump and Putin and their looming arrest is what I'm referring to, we could see another world leader's career unravel right before our very eyes. Uh, Boris Johnson, if you remember him, the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. There are lots. Um, (laughs) And uh, he's got to give some televised evidence to an inquiry that's looking into how many illegal parties he had during lockdown. So like, just as a refresher for this, was it 15 or 16 parties that he had at, at, at 10 Downing Street am I, when the UK was in lockdown? Something like 16. that? 16. Yeah. And then when it all came out, huge public outcry. And then of course he was eventually rolled from the top job. Now this inquiry is kind of looking at basically whether he misled Parliament during this saga because he maintained that rules had not been broken and uh, in some cases he actually denied that parties had had taken place. Do we know what the possible punishments are if it turns out he did mislead Parliament? Well, of course, Imogen, you'll remember that he has already been punished with, um, he, he was fined, remember that? No. Yeah, he, he was fined the princely sum of fifty pounds for fifty quid. <laughs> yeah, for breaking lockdown rules. Basically, I think there are there are three possible outcomes. Basically, he could be uh, exonerated. You know, it could rule that he didn't actually do anything wrong. Uh, it could recommend that he be suspended from Parliament for fewer than ten sitting days, or it could recommend that he should be suspended from Parliament for more than ten sitting days, um, and that could trigger a recall election because although he's lost the prime ministership, he still represents a constituent. In, in West London, kind of like an electorate MP. Do you want to know a quick fun fact about Boris? Free fun oh, facts here. Another fun You're just oh, rubbing it in my face this week, the aren't you? queen of fun facts. Yeah, here we go. Okay, go on. His name's not actually Boris. Nah, come on. It's one of his middle names. <laughs> What's his real name? Alexander Boris de Feifel Johnson. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? It doesn't. Alexander Boris DeFeifel Johnson. DeFeifel is a fun word to say, though. Gee, it really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Breaking news is that the Silicon Valley Bank fiasco is still a fiasco. It it has retained its fiasco status, Imogen. (laughs) Yes, but it turns out the banking crisis in the US could actually be a good thing for mortgage holders here. It's time for The Pulse with BNZ's Chief Economist Mike Jones, and he's going to explain exactly why and how. G'day, Mike. Hi, guys. How is what's happening in the US potentially good news for Kiwi homeowners? What we need to think about, and it's kind of easy to get swept up in some of the negative sentiment that's coming from offshore at the moment, but the Reserve Bank in New Zealand sets interest rates, uh, and it does that depending on the outlook for inflation and the labour market, the things uh, which the the Reserve Bank is mandated to control. So uh, if the banking sector fallout that we're seeing offshore results in lower inflation pressures in New Zealand, that could see the Reserve Bank just get a little bit more cautious, I guess, with respect to future interest rate increases. Uh, Or it could be that the whole thing blows over in a couple of weeks and we're sort of left back where we we thought we were a couple of weeks ago. These sort of financial events are in and of themselves disinflationary. So, hey, Adrian, always like, great, I guess, (laughs) in in a very limited sense. Yeah, they can be disinflationary because what you tend to see is, you know, a bit of a knock to confidence potentially, a knock to perceptions about the strength of economies around the world. We've already seen oil prices a bit lower and that's going to lower inflation directly if it if it sticks around. So in some sense, some of these things might end up doing central banks' job for them in terms of you know, tightening financial conditions or knocking back economic growth, the sorts of things that ultimately see uh, inflation ease off 
the very things that the reserve banks around, or central banks around the world are trying to achieve at the moment. So is it too much blue sky thinking to say like New Zealand could be in a pretty good position, all things considered here, and that our main banks are very strenuously stress tested, much more so than the banks that have gone under recently in, in the US, and we do want inflation to come down, so this could be kind of a happy happy marriage of factors at the moment, or am I being too Pollyanna there? <laughs> I guess if we're looking for a silver lining, it might be that interest rates don't have to go by up, up by as much, but that's only going to happen because economic growth is, is weaker, potentially labour markets are a little bit weaker, which is not necessarily, of course, a, a good thing. So um, yeah, there, there's, there's uh, side effects on, on both sides, I think. All right, Mike, and probably the most important question that we'll ask you today, how do you take your tea and what is your go-to snack to have with a cup of tea? I take my tea pretty plain vanilla gumboot, so oh, nice. milk. Funny you ask about snacks. I've taken to tea as a snack replacement. Right. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I used to snack terribly after dinner, and now I'm having a cup of tea. And it, just, it, it just tides me over. Tea is to Mike Jones what bone broth is to Gwyneth Paltrow. I've just realised that's the most boring <laughs> thing. That's the most economist <laughs> answer you could have given. I could have made something up. <laughs> Mike Jones from BNZ, thank you very much for your time. Thanks, guys. Some startling and frankly terrifying news out of the UK, Emil. Yeah, we've already talked about the IPCC report, Imogen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm not going to joke about this being worse. These concerns that the British tradition of a cup of tea and a bickey is on the verge of extinction. When when we came across this story this morning, I was like, what is this? It's like saying New Zealand isn't allowed to play rugby anymore. Food experts are claiming younger people are shunning the sweet treats and instead picking savoury snacks. So because of that, there's fears biscuit sales are at risk. And according to a survey by basically a tea lobbying group in the UK, uh-huh. 8% of young people choose a samosa over a biscuit. Uh- to have with their tea. Okay, two things on this one. A, I would love to be involved with the tea lobbying group. <laughs> B, when you when you said a samosa with a cup of tea, my initial reaction was, what the... But you know what? I, I, with an English breakfast tea. Why not? Why not? Tell me why not, Because Imogen. a biscuit is better. Simply. You're well, going to dunk your samosa. I don't know that I'd dunk a samosa. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of the biscuit. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, you're right. This is an interesting thing to talk about more broadly because um, Brits are actually drinking less tea altogether. Um, Many Brits prefer coffee to tea now. We want to know what you, our newsable listeners, have with your cup of tea. Flick us an email, newsable at stuff.co.nz, to let us know. And we're also running a poll uh, on the Instagram feed um, asking you to decide between a samosa or a biscuit, uh, which is... (laughs) I can't um, believe we're even asking (laughs) Which is preferable. To have with a cup of tea is the it's the battle of the century. This is uh, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman um, of the tea accompaniment world. So do head to our Instagram page if you want to vote on that at Newsball NZ. And that is Newsball for today. I'm Emil Goffin. And I'm Imogen Wells. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your favourite podcast player. Leave us a rating and a review. It helps other listeners discover the show and we just really appreciate it. Or you can just hit us up directly if you've got something to say. You can email us at newsable at stuff.co. Dot NZ. But till tomorrow, thanks for listening. And have a biscuit. Cup of tea and a lie down. Cup of tea and a samosa doesn't quite have the same ring. Was this episode of Newsable usable? 
then back NZ News by making a financial contribution at stuff.co.nz support.